everybody. Welcome back to Kiss My Angelus. How is your money doing today? Do you know how your money is doing or are you like me and funding strangers escapades because I left my card somewhere like a week ago and I still haven't called the bank to cancel it? Chances are we could all be a little bit better when it comes to saving, paying off debt, avoiding new debt, um, and really planning for our future. So today's episode is all about the money makers. Uh, joining me are Jen and Carla, who both work at Transamerica. These two ladies are going to share some experiences with us and talk about some good practices to have when making that paper. So let's get right to it. Oh. So you guys both work in the finance industry. Yes. Put it broadly so yes. we don't have to focus specifically on the company itself. But um, how did you guys find yourself working there? Okay. You want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. And then lean in a little, Jen, oh, so we can hear you nice in. and clear. Hello. <laughs> Between the sheets. <laughs> right? It's kind of like, Doesn't it's, Jen it's have different when you can hear yourself yeah, and stuff is. like that. I love but it. But I think it sets the tone so you know you're really on a podcast. Awesome. <laughs> I like the pink. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. I was like, I had to sprinkle that in here and there. <laughs> Some color. That's good. So I kind of fell into it. Um... Let's see, where do I start? <laughs> I, I've i been, you know, since if we go back to that. Right, yeah, Carla and I went to school up, together, you know, right? School, and then, you know, I was with someone. Mm-hmm. We were saving up for a house. I was living at my parents for years beyond what I wanted to live, you know, uh, there with them. Just because I wanted, I always had this goal of living on my own, right. doing my own thing. And just kind of time, you know, you know, we got engaged and then we were saving up for a house and I was getting really good at saving. You know, I had that habit. But then that, you know, the relationship kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. I started making weird, you know, I just wanted to be me, you know, Mm -hmm, and go mm -hmm. out and do stuff and whatever and travel. So I started spending money and then my mom passed away. Oh, wow. So then that, I feel like I started spending money just kind of to distract myself from mm-hmm. whatever was happening. Yeah. So I started spending money. Uh, I did manage to live on my own, but then I don't know if I really managed it that well because I feel like I was way overspending, spending way more than I should have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, fast forward, um, I was introduced to the company that uh, I work at now um, as a client. I was just like, you know, I have all this debt. Mm-hmm. I used to have a good, a decent amount of savings and uh-huh. now I don't have it anymore. Right. And I want to get back to that again, you know, without having a wedding as my goal. I just want to be in a good financial right, place, right. you know, because I just kind of... Yeah. Apart, How know? did you even know to look there, like client-wise? Like, I feel like you're still pretty young and I imagine then even younger, obviously. Yeah. But like, how did you even know to seek out to start yeah I was just kind of introduced to it by Jonathan Jonathan's my uh I was going to say my fiance whoa (laughs) don't tell him I said that he just doesn't know it yet (laughs) well there you go you know whoa that was funny (laughs) 
Um, so I was just kind of introduced to it by him. And okay. Like, no, sit down, check it out. And, you know, I thought, okay, whatever, you know, I, I have nothing to lose. Yeah, but, yeah. But my debt, you know. Totally. So that's kind of how it happened. And then I just liked the plan that they, you know, suggested. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like, I really like this. I'm going to tell my friends about it. Nice. Hey, maybe I could start, you know, looking in this industry. It's something right, really right. different. You know, we studied journalism right. at mm-hmm. the same school mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not like anybody ever told us hey this is how you manage your business exactly. you know like nobody yes. <laughs> yeah the money. big crucial missing component exactly. of schooling is like money <laughs> Jen what about you how did you find your how long have you been working in the finance industry mm-hmm. uh, so I've been there for about uh five years mm-hmm. so I I came in by accident actually okay so, um my husband, it was funny because my husband was actually introduced to the company 10 years prior. Wow. Um, but he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to snowboard. He wanted to travel. <laughs> he wanted to get himself into debt. Uh-huh. And so um, when when I came to the picture, uh, he was laid off three times. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had tried our hand in real estate. Um, he had a license. We were going in, um, going to try that. We got ourselves into over $30,000 worth of credit card debt mm-hmm. in addition to student loans and right. car loans, all of that stuff. Um, so a great way to be stressed out, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm familiar. Yes. <laughs> Lots of debt and one, um, one person's income. Um, and so we just needed help. Uh, we ended up, um, his, my husband's sister referred us to the company. We okay. were actually referred back to the company. Um, and my husband was always very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and he wanted to do something different. He didn't want to stay in education. He's been in education for about 17 years and he's like, we need to, we need to find something else. Mm-hmm. And so he eventually, um, got hired on and he was like, just come and see what it is that we're actually doing. And um, you you don't have to do anything at all. Right. And I was like, okay, so I'll come. And I it was a supportive spouse that way. Nice. Um, and I ended up loving it. I saw it and I was like, wow, this is actually like the grassroots movement of the financial industry. Wow. And I fell in love with it. Nice. Um, and then what eventually started to happen was um, we were probably on track to paying off that debt, maybe mm-hmm. 15, 20 years um, and then because we sat with someone, they put us on a plan, we implemented it, and we got out of debt in about three and a half years. Wow. Yeah. So we paid off the, the credit cards. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. But we weren't married when we got into the company um, mm-hmm. yet. So what ended up happening is we, we saved enough money to have a cash wedding and to, wow. to do all of that. Save, mm-hmm. We saved a lot of money. That's so amazing. I feel like so many people feel like that's not even possible right. for them. I didn't think you know? It was yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, everything seems so out of reach, especially when you tell someone in their 20s that the average wedding costs $30,000. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So basically, you guys both found a need and found your way into the company mm-hmm. by, I mean, really your own financial struggle. Yeah. Right. So how are, are you guys seeing clients day to day? Is that where you're at in the company where you see new clients and you kind of bring them into this, um, to the company and set them up on a plan to... Absolutely. Nice. And is it mostly people who are in tremendous amounts of debt and kind of, or, or are there people who are kind of set, but they just want a better mm-hmm. structure? It's, um, a lot of the time when we come in is um, we do a lot of educational stuff first. Oh, So cool. we don't like, I mean, if someone cho- chooses to sit with us the first time, a lot of it is very educational based. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we just, you know, we, we take some information down. Right. Because there's no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really have to see what the what their needs are, what their goals are. 
um, obviously age, mm-hmm. and um, and then we go from there. We 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 basically have the ability to offer a lot of choices and um, a specialized plan cater to their needs and cool. their, their goals. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Do you guys see any trends, especially with young people, as far as even seeking out assistance? Because, you know, if I think about myself, even now or in the last couple of years is really when, I mean, definitely after I got married was when I was like, okay, this is real. Like I have to pay attention to this stuff. But do you see any trends with young people more, you know, coming in more and seeking more information or, or that kind of thing or any trends as far as like, the holes we are trapping ourselves in financially. Oh, yeah, we see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. People are hungry for information. People are hungry for education. But I think more often than not, we just don't know where to look for it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we know big financial companies. Well, we don't know, but big financial companies won't sit with us, you know. Mm -hmm. So then we feel like helpless, Yeah, you know. Yeah. For the most part, um, like the industry itself, the traditional industry is very stuck up. Yeah. Um. So like I, I had a, a friend that worked at Merrill Lynch and I was asking about minimums they had. Um, and it was, it was pretty hefty. Mm-hmm. And so if, I think people in general have the notion that you have to have a lot of money. And right. It, and it costs a lot. <clears throat> to even like take care of your money. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that I love about our company is that we don't charge. Nice. So um, they can come in and they can, you know, we can devise a plan for them and they're not obligated necessarily. If it feels good, looks good, and they want to move forward, they can. Mm -hmm. I mean, with major like companies, not not major, but the the traditional industry that we've seen that big companies, um, we're also a big company as well, but um, they tend to help people out who have at least half a million to a million dollars in assets, mm -hmm. right? Versus us is we, we help everyone. Mm -hmm. So if a client needs to save 50 bucks, because that's all they can do or $10 to start, we definitely can. And I feel like that's the bulk of us too. Like most of us don't have half a million to invest, you know? Yeah. Did you guys have a solid, um, foundational understanding just in your own upbringing when it came to money or like, really? Yeah. Because I mean, we do what our parents do. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, and I, I, that's one component that I think is missing from education. Mm -hmm. I found that interesting when I was getting married and we did like premarital counseling, Mm -hmm. that that was a huge thing that we talked about. Yeah. Like you need to discuss your independent relationships with money. And, you know, we realized that, for example, my husband, you know, is, I don't want to say like stresses about money, but he grew up in an environment where they understood the financial situation Mm -hmm. of their family at every age. You know, they knew when times were tough. They talked about money, even if it was stressful at some points or whatever. Whereas I came from a family where we never talked about money. I mean, it wasn't because it was always there, but it just, even if it wasn't or it was, that was a parental conversation and we were not really involved. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we were coming from different ends of the spectrum. And, um, you know, I feel like I really like, the reason I wanted to do this podcast is I feel like, especially for women, obviously for all young people, it's like, we don't really know anything about our money. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what we're doing. You were talking about, you know, your husband wanting to like go out and live his life and just rack up all this debt because when you're young, it's so easy to not care about that. You know, thinking about it. Exactly. Like, I mean, when I was in college, credit score didn't mean anything to me. And it's like, all I needed was someone to say, hey, you're not going to be able to escape this later. You know, it's not like you get to start fresh when you're like, oh, I was just kidding in college. Yeah, oh, I'll put that yeah. away. Um, 
what are some things that you feel like for young people are an important place to start? Like, if you don't really know anything about money or managing your money and you kind of have your head buried in the sand, which I think is where a lot of people are at, I definitely was there. It was easy for me to put those that credit card statement away and just not think about it because— mm-hmm. And just pay the minimum. Yeah, or even, you know what I mean? Or just defaults on payments. Like I'm telling you, when I was in college, I just, it hurts my head to even think about it now. But what are some like beginning steps that you think, especially for a younger generation, um, are important at least to start thinking about when it comes to money? Um, definitely budgeting mm-hmm. is, um, and then also just getting the information yeah. Being open to at least learning about it right, right. is one thing. And timing is a, is a, I think, is a huge thing for, for most folks. It's because it's either they don't understand it or it's not right time for them. Right, right. And so, um, but if they're exposed to it and at least just see the value in learning the basic concepts of how to build wealth, get out of debt. When you say it's not the money, right time, do you mean that they're just not at a place in their life where they're thinking about it? thinking about it. That right. It's sense. not, it's, it's not something that's of value to them yet. Yeah. I think um, that was definitely like an issue for me, absolutely. even though it's like, it is time for you to think about it. It's yeah. like, I just didn't want to think about it. Right. You know? And the advantage that young people have is that they have so much time. Mm-hmm. And so if they exactly. just did a little bit in on the front and the back end, yeah. once they're forties, fifties, sixties, or they're in a better place. Yeah. It's funny when I think about like how my econ teacher in high school described it, it was more like, hey, if you save a dollar a day every day by the time you're 35, it was so crass and like not really showing the whole picture. Mm -hmm. But I definitely agree. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to be 29 this year, but it's, it's like, if I just knew a couple of things that I know now, I would have been on way better footing, you know? But I don't think that it's it's emphasized anywhere. I mean, if you're, like you said, we do what our parents do right. and it's either you're stressing out about it because your parents are fighting over money or your parents Absolutely. aren't talking about money. It's like, there isn't really an in-between. I don't know a lot of parents who are like, hey, I know you're only 17, 18, but this is what, you know, your Equifax score is or right. this is how credit score right. is calculated, right. you, you know? saving. Yeah, yeah. and then we be. just started budgeting I want to say like a year ago, mm-hmm. um, we use YNAB, which is uh, you need a budget, which is like a, just an easy application. And they, it's a very user-friendly. It kind of seems like it's geared for a younger audience. But um, so as far as budgeting, like what are some other mistakes? Like let's talk about credit card debt. Because obviously student loans, I feel like are something that, it's you wor- know. It's the worst type of debt to actually have. Yeah, I've yeah. heard Susie Orman say that. She was like, they will hunt you down. And <laughs> it's, a, it's, a other, it's one of the things where um, I had a friend and she's pretty smart. She told me that she uh, put tuition on a credit card. Okay. Um, and then what she did on the back end was she bankrupted it. Wow. I'm like, that's awesome because you can just, you know, you start fresh and I mean, it screws up your credit or whatever, but I mean, it falls off after so, a time. Oh, that makes it. So it's not, <laughs> instead of taking a loan, you she it. Yeah. That is smarter. I mean, it's, you have to find loopholes, but that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, it's less of a risk than taking out a student loan. Absolutely. Because like the loans, I mean, you, they, they stay with you until the day you die. Yeah. <laughs> we just got under 100000 in my husband's student loans. He went to Berkeley uh, in wow. Boston, um, the music school. And I mean, for us, it's of course paying off. He has a great job. Things are good. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, like when we first got married and I was definitely not getting into the whole you know, I wasn't yet diving into the whole money thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's going to be there forever. 
Like you're going to die with that debt. You know, yes, you accept it as like something that's just going to be there. And maybe hopefully one day a president will wipe it clean, except it's private, so never. (laughs) Um, But it was just such a huge, huge amount of money that I couldn't even like think about it. I was like, ah, that's forever. And now that we're getting more on track and we are, I mean, he's never defaulted. He's very responsible. Mm-hmm. Obviously, but now we're like under a hundred grand, and it's like, oh my god, this is possible. Oh yeah, like it's just it is possible to pay those things off, and like it is possible to save up for a wedding or a house. But I feel like, you know, even you know, two years ago, it was just like completely beyond my frame of like mine. You know, I just didn't even like think about that kind of stuff. And I think it's that way because we don't plan. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it's like you you ask a common question, like, hey, do you want a million bucks? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course, absolutely, right? And uh, most people think, okay, I want to either hit the lottery or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, then I, you know, and the, the one question I ask is, well, what's your plan if mm-hmm. that's what you want? And um, it's a lot harder to hit a target if you're not, if you don't have a plan of action to yeah. kind of get you to it, right? What so, are some like beginning, like, plans, you know, I know that every plan is different and stuff like that, but what are some like crucial rules of them when it comes to managing your money? I mean, if we start with like, let's say, let's start with a case study, like a college student who has their first job, Mm -hmm. you know, what are you doing with that money? Because I think, especially as a young person, it's easy to be like, hell yeah, I have money now. So, you know, what are some just rules of thumb that are easy to kind of implement and won't affect what people consider is like, which also gets in my frame of mind sometimes too, where I'm like, whatever, it's just money. And I just want to live my life. Like, it's so easy to just be like, I don't want to stress about this right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like what are some beginning steps? You're a college student, you got your first job. What do you do with your first paycheck? For a college student um, that's still working, I would suggest that they sit with someone, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, kind of look at what their goals are mm-hmm. um, and be very clear as as, as far as like um, short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how much money you want to save. And then, and then um, what are they comfortable putting away mm-hmm. based on what their expenses are, based on what, you know, they have going on. And then we, we basically worked work towards that and making sure they have a short-term fund in case there's an emergency, they at least have a reserve. Right. Um, mid-term, long-term stuff is um, is a good good thing to start looking at. Even nice. if they're, you know, if they have the job that offers a 401k or whatever. Right, right. Um, but then there's other things in, in between too that, yeah. that may be suitable for them if they're, if they're ready for it. Do you feel like there are big psychological blocks more so than how much money is coming in. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I honestly believe it's how much you keep and not how much you make. Hmm. Yeah. And it's a mindset. Yeah. Because a, a lot of the times that, that I found is like people have income, right? They have all this debt. Mm-hmm. They they pay out all of their expenses mm-hmm. and then they try to save what's left over. Right. Right. And so when you're talking about, you know, the differences between someone who's wealthy and someone who's not mm-hmm. is that they've adopted the mindset they're going to pay themselves first. Right. So versus- yeah, income and then paying yourself and then and then paying whatever needs to go out. Right. It's like it's such a it's such a it's a much better way to define savings. Absolutely. It's like pay yourself. Yeah. You are, you know, enslaving your own self because you're a slave to this debt at Absolutely. a certain point. Yeah, you're you know, taking control back. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There were that was definitely like, I mean, even through going through therapy, like I realized that. You know, again, like going onto this like whole feminist 
you know, vain. It was just like, I spent a lot of money emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, because yes. I just was like, I'm tired and I I want to feel better and I want to do this and that. And like, how do you cut guys kind of deal with, even in your own lives, like shopping or whatever it is that your vice is going out to eat, doing those things that a lot of people, it's, you know, even me included, it's easy to categorize as like, I just want to be comfortable. I want to live my life. I deserve this. I worked hard. You know, Mm -hmm. how do you adjust that frame of mind to somebody who really is trying to build wealth for the future? We we were talking about this today, how um, just the simple act of budgeting, just a simple act of tracking your expenses. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the month, you see you spent how much on clothes? Yeah. You spent how much on drinks? Uh Like, you know, just that alone, I think, raises um, an awareness within yourself. Right, right. What you're doing with your money. And and that has you, uh, that makes you reflect about what your goals are. You know, is this how I want to continue leading yeah. my life, you know? Yeah. Because I totally agree. Retail therapy is yeah. a thing. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, like, brought that up to my therapist. I was yeah. like, I don't know. Like, the act of spending money on stuff mm-hmm. makes me feel better. And then I was like telling her, this was like a couple years ago, obviously, I feel like things have gotten a lot better, but I would like get home and I wouldn't even care about what I bought. Yeah. I, I was already over it. Like the, you know, the excitement had gone. And yeah. so obviously she was like, you know, try to do something else when you get those kind of like triggers or whatever, do something else. Don't spend money. Yeah. Like do, <laughs> don't go buying stuff. And then obviously like for me, it was learning more about, I think the way, for me, it was very telling that women hold the bulk of buying power mm-hmm. and that all of the marketing is like geared towards women spending money on bullshit, yeah. you know? So yeah. for me, it was like an act of rebellion to be like, no, I'm not going to buy this because I need to put my money towards my family and yes. my own wealth building and that kind of thing. So do you see differences gender-wise and like the clients that you guys see in in the types of issues that they face when it comes to money? Absolutely. So for like women um, or couples, let's just say when okay. couples, usually one's a spender and one's a saver. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's rings true for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely um, an issue. And it's a lot of it's because the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, mm-hmm. so, so to speak. So a lot of the times we see a very divided household. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that really, that I've seen a lot is that a woman hides behind their spouse mm-hmm. or, you know, because, oh, he does all of this. He controls this. He does that. And um, and they don't really know what's going on hmm. financially. Like with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then of course you have the, the one that likes to spend and the one that likes to save and, yeah. you know, and I'm working with a couple now and she's like, well, you just tell her to stop spending money. <laughs> so one of the, one of the ways, you know, to go back to your question is like one of the ways that, um, we kind of mediate that sometimes, especially what I use mm-hmm. is like, if we hit a certain goal. And then I can have this. I mm-hmm. see. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like a reward thing. Yeah. Or- it's like a reward thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then. You know, because I'm, I, I love to shop. My, my husband will tell you that, um, but I, but I always, I always pass it. You know, like, hey, I'm thinking, and he's, and so we have this, this conversation between mm-hmm. needs and wants. Yeah. And, um, and in doing so, I calculated in my mind. Okay, if I save this money, and I continue to save mm-hmm. that, like, how would that benefit me? Right. Right. Versus, I buy all these shoes and these these um, clothes that in a year or two, I'm going to donate anyways to the Goodwill. Right. And I really didn't have too much 
that didn't create a lot of value for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus if I think about the monetary of what I spent. Yeah. And if I put it away somewhere, what that would have looked like in a year's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now my that's that psychological um, mind trick as I play with myself. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, do I really need it or do I just really want it? Yeah. And so usually I'm like, okay, I'll wait three <laughs> months to six months to see yeah. if I really want it. <laughs> And in the meantime, I'm going to put that money away and it'll be there if I still want it. I think that makes, it's so like logical when it comes down to it, but there is, and it's kind of gross, but there is like this emotional attachment to, yeah, Yeah. to this like consumer culture. Totally. And that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. We we are raised in this consumer society where it's the norm to spend. It's the norm to be in debt. It's the norm to have maxed out credit cards. Yeah. You know, that's what we grew up with. I mean, when we start at in college, when mm-hmm. we start going to school, the first thing you see is tables of credit cards. Yeah, it's just they're just dying to yeah. give them to you. That like, is please. when I opened my first credit card. Yeah, when right? I went to college, you Absolutely. know, I had to leave my job in Glendale because I was going to Pomona to go to school, mm-hmm. and I was looking for a job. And obviously, once I got on the paper, there was like a stipend, but it was like, okay, well, this seems like perfect timing. And in my head, it was like. I don't even know. I can't even remember. But it was like, this is the perfect time to, to put it blatantly, spend money that I don't have right, right. now. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think, like, that at least shows that advertising is working Absolutely. because we are all spending money on shit that we don't need. And <laughs> I agree. Look, you were saying you donate your clothes. All of those, those aren't all mine. But every, like, couple of months, yeah. my friends and I will do, like, a swap and we'll purge our closets. And the amount of clothes that I swear to you still have tags on them. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so that's why we started doing that. So we all get together. We'll swap clothes with each other and we'll donate the rest. But calculate it. Because think about if you had put that somewhere and right. let it grow, right? Yeah. That's, that's like my mindset. Yeah. It's like, oh crap, I just wasted that. Yeah. I've Yeah, I've definitely curbed, I mean, considering how much I used to shop, uh, me and my best friend joke about this all the time because yeah. we got one of our first jobs or at least one of my first jobs together and we were getting mm-hmm. paid fairly well at the time. Started at eight fifty. This was when I was still like a senior in high school, and by the end I was making thirteen an hour. So this was like two thousand five, two thousand six. So we were making good money, and not only were we spending every paycheck as soon as we got it, we would go to tender sender in the mall. So no bank account. We would let them take whatever percentage they took. We didn't even pay no. attention. Yeah. It was like absolutely no regard for. And we talk about it now. We're like, man, like what could we have done with the money that we saved? And what do we have to show for it now? Because absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Not even the clothes that we bought. We don't know where those are at that point, you right, know? Right, right. One of, one of the things that um, really sold me the nightmare is um, we, I had sat in on a corporate overview when, when I was first looking at the company itself. Um, and it was a rule of 72. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, so Einstein backed it. Okay. And so what he wanted to figure out was by interest rate that you're getting, how many years it's going to take for your money to double. Okay. Okay, so like the banks we know are not giving you much. Right. Less than 1%. Yes. Okay, so what the formula he came up with was if you divide um, the interest rate divided mm-hmm. by 72, it's going to equal the amount of years it's going to take for your money to double. Okay. Okay, so let's just say the bank calls you and says, hey, Sarah, we're going to give you 1%. Okay. You're like, cool. You got 10 grand sitting in there, uh-huh. right? And so if we plugged in those numbers, one goes into 72, mm-hmm. 72 years. Yes. So it's going to take you 72 years for your money to double. <laughs> we'll probably be dead. Anyway, right? yes. it's exactly. way too long. Exactly. But it also works the same way for, for interest rates on credit cards. Oh, wow. So like if, how long it's going to take you to pay it? Yes. So here, here's an example. 
if you had a beginning balance of $4,500 at a at an interest rate of 18%, which okay. is pretty standard. Okay, which is good. Yeah, yeah like yeah. decent. Yeah. Others, yeah. It's 18%, right? You you have a, a monthly minimum payment of $112.50. Okay. okay. It'll take you 21 years and 10 months to pay that off. Oy. Okay. However, if you look at the total debt paid with the interest, it's $10,673. Oh 10673 versus the 4500 you initially yeah. put on the credit card. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? My dad used to always try to like hammer that into my head. And yeah. like you guys were saying, like I think obviously there was a point and you know, sometimes you just kind of disregard what your parents say at a certain age, mm -hmm. but I wasn't ready to hear it. Mm -hmm. But he would always say that. He's like, do you understand you're paying triple yeah. what this costs when you put it on a credit card? Absolutely. But see, here's the, here's the disconnect is we're okay with the banks and putting our money in somewhere that's, that's giving us less than 1%, but yet we're putting debt on a credit card at yeah. 18, 22%. That's mm -hmm. so true. And it's, it's so it's bad. crazy because I mean, from 4,500 to now, after all is said and done, you just, paid $10,673 yeah. for that. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think it's hard to conceptualize like how long it takes to pay that kind of money. Yeah. Like it's they don't not, think about it. yeah, it's like, I don't know. I think maybe because, you know, the media that we look at it, it like, um, regards like in the millions and this. And then even when you think about a million dollars, you're like, well, I couldn't live my whole life on a million dollars, you know, because it seems like the older we get and the more times change and the quicker things go, the let like the more the t top line needs to be like a million dollars doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. Like even the lottery, it's like hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, mm -hmm. which is a crazy amount of money. But before a million dollars was a crazy amount of money. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there also isn't this idea that like, you know, when I, w when I had the credit card, I think it had a thousand dollar limit, right? That thousand dollar credit card is what destroyed my credit score. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't take much. And I think it, it, it's, I'm continuously like, it takes forever to get back in the good graces of, you know, like you said, this really imbalanced system where it's it like, is. they will rake you over the coals yeah. and they will like, you know, hang this like carrot in front yeah. of you. And it's really just like all going to benefit the system. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. They, they don't have your best interest at hand. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you guys have like, you know, recommended accounts to open when you don't have any accounts open yet or, or anything like that? Or let's say you do need an advance on some money or something like that. Like what are some of the good ways to go about having debt that's not dangerous debt? I mean, outside of student loans, which again goes back to like policy and stuff like that. But what are some ways to manage debt correctly? Because like we said, it's it's almost like an expected thing, especially mm -hmm. if you're planning on whatever, buying a house or whatever. What are some like rules of thumb for not acquiring dangerous debt? My rule of thumb is if you don't have the cash for pay to pay for it is don't put that amount onto a credit card. Mm -hmm. So, and then making sure that you also have an emergency fund that's set up. Yeah. Um, so you're not going back into debt. So that was one of the things that we were doing is you were constantly going back into debt, but mm -hmm. we, we weren't, we weren't building an emergency fund. Yeah. So, you know, the car tires blow out, mm -hmm. something happens in the house. Yeah. Instead of going back on a credit card is now, right. you have now a reserve. Now, if you are going to use a credit card, I always like, folks know, like, you know, it's probably a good idea to, to pay it off at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So you're not carrying a balance and you're not running the interest yeah. on that. What about things like, you know, the fact that your credit card utilization factors into your credit score in that they want you to carry a balance of like 20 to 30% or something like that. I mean, that's what 
in, in my opinion, you're still building your credit um, when you're using it and then you're paying it off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, unless you have like a 0% APR. Okay. So either way, because they make it seem like, you know, yeah, you can carry a balance, just not yeah. too high of a balance. Because usually when it gets, when you're like maxed out on your um, your credit cards, that's when it becomes a little bit of an yeah. issue. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely like, I mean, we're definitely, I feel like for us now in the stage where there was the differentiating factor of like, I don't want to put all extra money towards paying down credit cards right. because the emergency fund is like more important to me. Right. Like, you know, I don't know, like the electronic access of money is scary to me. It's Absolutely. just a number on a screen. And it's like, we need to make sure that there is physical money yeah. if shit hits the fan and you need yeah. to really access that. Absolutely. And it's it's like you're saying, Jen, it's just the cycle where you just... It's uh, a crisis. You put it on a credit card. Yeah, yeah. You start digging yourself out of it. And then there's another yeah. crisis because life happens. Totally. Things will happen. You will need um, extra money. You will need to break mm-hmm. into that emergency fund. And why not uh, break into yeah. cash, you know, rather than charging it and, and living totally. a lifestyle right. that you just can't maintain. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Do you guys, because obviously the people that you guys see professionally are actively seeking, even if they were like, oh, just go check this out. They are in some way seeking the assistance. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have people in your life that you were like, oh my God, let me help you. You are ruining your life. Like, All how do time. you guys deal with that? <laughs> I was definitely like, um, bury my head in the sand, but mm-hmm. I think that getting married was a huge wake up call mm-hmm. just because I was like, this isn't just about me and I'm right. not going to bring someone else down to my <laughs> horrible habits. And I feel like I've gotten better, honestly. And of course, luckily it merged with this whole like feminist journey where I'm like, I don't want to spend all this money on all this crap, you know, it's just all crap. But how do you guys like deal with people in your personal lives who you really know are, are just burying their head in the sand? For me, um, I've learned to let go. Oh. Yeah, because I was gonna say you seem very direct, <laughs> but you can do with that. I, I am very direct with them, and I say, "Hey, this is the road that you're going into." Um, and if you, you know, I, I'm I'm letting you know that this is a way out, mm-hmm. um, but I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself. Yeah. And so eventually, like like my brother is a good example. It took me two years for him to actually for me to help him, mm-hmm. and um, and he finally was like, "Okay." Nice. And and so that's why it's it's again timing. Yeah. Is you have to be ready for it. Um and you you have to know that something has to change. Yeah. And you have to be willing to to be a little bit vulnerable and be like, okay. Totally. Like I need to implement this plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to start. It's it's hard, but I think it is important to be respectful of people's journey. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because we're all in different stages of what we're doing. Yeah. We're all growing as people, whether, you know, and age doesn't necessarily define that sometimes. Totally, sometimes especially when it comes to money. People who are older. And then, you know, cultural backgrounds too, you know, um, it could be taboo. You know, as you mentioned, you know, right, for, right. for me, for my family, it was pretty taboo to talk about money. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of, or you either fight about it or you don't talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you just have to respect where people are in that and just kind of, you know, mention it and then let go, as you yeah. said. Be yeah. an example, right. which you yeah. guys are. And we just check in every so yeah. often and be like, hey, are yeah. you ready? <laughs> I, feel like it, I feel like it takes, you know, for whatever reason, at least in my own experience, like it takes, you know, being forced to be an adult, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like you said, like it's not always age thing. Sometimes that hits people younger or older or whatever. Yeah, at different times. But yeah, like it took me 
needing to be my own adult. I think for my husband, he's always felt like he needed to be an adult in his family and like take care of things and be responsible. And for me, it was like, they wanted to coddle me to protect me. You know, my mom was, would even tell me like, just say, or my, you know, my mom and dad just save money with us. Don't worry about opening an account. But I was so eager to be an adult that I wanted to do all these things, but I was diving into them without knowing what the hell I was doing. Coupled with this horrible like shopping addiction or whatever it is that we all are plagued with when we go to the Americana. (laughs) Um, You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's really crazy. And you know, getting married was just like, okay, well, there are real things. And then there was that, like, you know, I couldn't bury my head in the sand because when we did even discuss things about like getting a house, it was like, I didn't want to be the weak link. I mean, I was, but it was like, I hated that I was, but I knew that I did that. You know, I did that five years ago when I opened up a credit card in college. And I didn't think that like one day you're going to be at a point where this three, you know, three digit number is going to dictate your access to a million things. And I had no idea. I mean, I even recently didn't know, like you could get rejected from getting a phone line because your credit score is low. And, you know, of course, of course, not to mention like a mortgage or even getting an apartment. So I think that those were the critical things that I had no idea about when I was younger. I didn't know. And I used to joke. I was like, I'm not going to let this three digit number judge me. Like this isn't, you know, but it's like, it does though, because this means this is how responsible you are with money in a three digit number. And it was like hard to just face that and be like, oh my God, it's pretty bad, you know, (laughs) but it's fixable. I remember um, a Sex in the City episode where Carrie has to, she breaks up with her boyfriend with Aiden. Uh-huh. Right? And she has the option to buy back her apartment yeah, from yeah. him. And then she realized it just, it hits her. You know, she's in her mid 30s. She has no credit score. She has. Yeah. A she's a pretty closet. irresponsible character when she you is. look at the whole spectrum. <laughs> her and her flip phone through the first movie. You're like, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, totally. You know. And it, and I think that, you know, we're still in an era that even though, even in places where it's emphasized, it's less emphasized for women, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's crazy. And I think it's in a lot of ways purposeful because it's like, well, you know, I read that like even in, in a household where the man is the sole breadwinner, the woman is dictating what is being purchased in the house. Sure. And I think that that's so important. And it's so crucial to know that like, even if you don't think you're in control, you're in way more control than you think. Mm-hmm. And you can decide between, you know, buying, you know, a $10 like vanity bottle of whatever the fuck, or, you know, going <laughs> and like doing your research yeah. and like, you know, obviously there's a, like all those couponing people that take it a little overboard, but still <laughs> like there are ways where, like you were saying, you can pay yourself first yeah. and it's important to pay yourself first. None of that other stuff even matters. You know, yeah. it doesn't go the distance. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. What are, like, do you guys feel like you're on comfortable footing yourself? Like, do you feel like you still have those moments where it's tempting to be reckless with your money? Or do you feel like you're at a place where you got past that and you'll never go back? I feel like it's like being an addict. I don't know what it's like to be an addict, but I feel like it's such a strenuous journey to financial freedom. And there are so many things that can happen in your life that can knock you back years, there, you know? There's so much temptation, I think. Yeah. You, know, you see people traveling. And I know. Oh, oh my God, the traveling is the big thing. You know, mm-hmm. and it's so mm-hmm. expensive. It can it be is, very expensive yeah. if, you don't, if you don't plan for it. If you yeah. just kind of 
you know, just put on a credit card and, you know, I'll see you guys in yeah. two weeks. You know? Yeah. So it is very tempting, you know, to, yeah. to see, you know, or you see a nice purse. You, like, you yeah. know, there's things. Like, do you triggers. have like mantras you like tell yourself or how do you kind of snap yourself back into like, this isn't what this is about, you know, or like, this isn't going to be worth it. I mean, I know you did like the reward system and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. in the interim, you know, however long that is to like gain up enough points to have like yeah. your, your kind of release, like how do you keep yourself in check? Um, and I, I think that that goes with the education that we provide mm-hmm. is number one. And um, because, I mean, knowledge is not power unless you apply it. That's and then, well said. And so if you even just take half of the things that we mm-hmm. we help people with and um, and apply it, you're, I think you're less likely now to go back to that place. Yeah. I will never, I will never go back to um, where we were before. Yeah. Not saving money, just in, mm-hmm. in incredible amounts of, of debt. Right. And that's the issue is I think the root problem here is that people have such a flimsy foundation financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they don't have it and they do all these crazy things and then you grow up and yeah. then now you're forced to fix it. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And it's harder with at that, that point. Yeah, and so once you have the proper financial foundation set, then um, you know I, I, it's it's harder to go back. Yeah, you you kind of think twice, and um, mm-hmm. and if you do want to, and you have a big supply, you know, like reserve, yeah. you're just like crap. I'll just do it because yeah. I have the money there. <laughs> yeah, right? and I saved it. But yeah. that's what that's there for. Totally. You're, totally. You know, mm-hmm. As opposed to just be like, oh, crap, should I? Yeah. <laughs> I really can't afford it. <laughs> it's crazy. And whether it's like unfortunate or not or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. you don't really know how hard it is to dig yourself out until Absolutely. you do. You Absolutely. know, it's like it's so much easier to swipe a card than it is Absolutely. to fucking pay that debt oh, down. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. and you see the number just like incrementally go down and you're like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. But right, again, right. like I agree. It's like once you're on that road, you're like, I never want to do that again. Mm-hmm. For me, I I feel like, you know, there are certain things like just in life, like, um, you know, starting with like getting married, right? You said you had a cash wedding. That's amazing and mm-hmm. really beautiful. I think that there are things in life, my husband and I discuss this all the time, that almost feels like culturally you are being set up, you know? Like, it's like, get married. You got to have this wedding because, you know, like it's like cultural, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you guys should buy a house. You guys should have a kid. And it just feels like, okay, all you're saying to me is I should just, you know, be buried in debt because (laughs) it's not work. It's not going to work that way. And like, I don't want to do all of these things and then spend the rest of my life paying it off. I'd rather like, you know, spend the rest of my life cashing in on Mm -hmm. what I saved, you know, Mm -hmm. but again, it's hard to like reverse even what I consider minimal damage that I did when I was Mm -hmm. in college. It takes so long, you know, and luckily there are resources. I use Credit Karma a lot. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. use that or whatever. Credit score. Yeah, I use that a lot. And I definitely learned a lot through that website about like at least how credit score is calculated. I mean, that alone is like, you know, you have this number that dictates so much, yet most of us don't even know how this number comes to be. Mm -hmm. What does this number mean? You know, aside from, you know, oh, credit cards and if you have a balance in default. It's like, no, it's utilization. It's, you know, the amount of accounts you have open. It's default Mm -hmm. payments. It's the Mm -hmm. history of your accounts. You know, so many different things. Um, what was the most like, uh, exciting thing you guys learned about money throughout your journey for yourself, for maybe a client that you work with? What was like a really aha moment for you guys? 
a good mm, question. I know. I oh, think, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the aha moments is when we got out of debt. Yeah. Nice. You know, and then just— From just, start to finish, how long did that take? About three and a half years. Okay. Uh, from the moment we sat Not that long. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, on the track that we were on, though, it was—we expected to be in it for a very long time. How much did you feel like there was a change in your lifestyle in those three and a half years? Um— I felt that there was there is a, a big difference. There is definitely a sense of of confidence. There is definitely a sense of accomplishment. Okay, um, but what about during during the time? Yeah, like we did you? Yeah, did you feel like there was a, a drastic shift to how you know? Yeah, did you feel strained during those three and a half years? Did was it uncomfortable? Restrict yourself. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was uncomfortable in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Is because um, what what we did was we paid we paid um, the debt out, but then we also started to save. Mm-hmm. So that's where the where it was a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. So we we're just basically more aware of our spending. Yeah. Um, you know, needs, wants. Um, and then, and then really just, you know, keeping our eyes and, and being focused on what the goal really was. Right. And cause there's so many distractions and yes. there's so many things that go on. Absolutely. And, um, and sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta be disciplined mm-hmm. and make that commitment to yeah. better yourself and prove, because I, I just feel like that's where the growth comes from. Yeah. If there's no level of discomfort or, um. Don't mind the dogs there. They get really riled up. <laughs> Anyway, um, about money. <laughs> that's that's like really comforting to hear, honestly, because you were saying like about distractions. I think that's definitely something we face a lot where because of the nature of the industry that we're in and stuff like that, there's so much pressure to be at certain things or to go out or to do this or yeah. to do that. And like, and, and, and money is still very taboo to talk about. Like yeah. it's very rare that somebody you know, can't, you know, says they can't attend something and says, you know what, like we're kind of tight on money right now and we're trying to whatever. And, and I feel like even if you do, there isn't the level of support you would expect. You know, I was talking to my good friend about this and he was saying that like, you know, even his friends will be like, ah, you know, it's only $70. It's just this, it's just that, just do it. And it's a month away and you can save up till then, but it's like, it's this like social pressure to live up to this whatever lifestyle that really, you don't really know if everybody can afford. And is is it only me that's struggling? Like, am I the one that's like, how come you guys aren't as stressed out? And it's just like, oh yeah, you could go to everything. And it like for us, it or at least for me, like it feels like the biggest pressure comes socially, you know? Mm-hmm. It comes from wanting to be at whatever it is or wanting to go to so-and-so's birthday or wedding or whatever and get them a nice gift or, or make them, you know, because it's not for, like for me, if I go somewhere, like I want to bring something nice that reflects you know, my love for the person or our friendship or whatever. But I feel like it all dwindles down to the bottom line to dollars. And it's like, I just, I want to work on me so that I'm able to do more in the future. Because you just keep digging. Like if Mm -hmm. you just keep saying yes and whatever. And so now I'm kind of in this phase where I'm like, I'm saying no more. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not even, you know, um, justifying it. I'm just like, no, yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm I'm not going to go. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just not going to go. It's just, you know, we can get into it if we want to. But again, there is this kind of like taboo of catering to this lifestyle yeah. and nobody talks about money. Right. You know? And I just feel like it's, it's um, that notion of keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. The Joneses are sure. broke. 
Yeah. Right. yeah. And but, see the- but it's like, even if they weren't, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. How do you know? You don't know if that's all just run on a credit card. Right, you know? right. But then that's yeah. that's one thing that we've learned too, is I've learned who I'm, who I'm, um, I'm very selective of who I take advice from mm-hmm. and who I'm listening to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if I, they're not in a position where I want to be. Nice. Then I'm like, then I have no business listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so if I'm broke and I'm taking advice from a broke person and you're telling me to spend all my money, yeah. I'm like, Something doesn't no, matter. Yeah. does not I'm make like, sense. I'm good. <laughs> I also feel like on the flip side, it's like if you're, you know, if you're in a position where you're wanting to work on your finances or whatever, mm-hmm. it's also like maybe don't go to places with people who can do that or are comfortable spending that money for whatever their financial state is, you know? Associations are really important. Yeah. People you surround yourself with. Totally. You know, you can be, you could have completely different goals, but just if you're on the same track of of being in a better place. Totally. You're just growing as Mm -hmm. people, you know, adulting. Yeah. (laughs) It it makes a difference. It It does. That's true. And I definitely like one of my best friends, like I definitely look up to her and her husband, you know, just from a monetary stand, not just from a monetary standpoint, but they're responsible. And I feel like, like you were saying, like they're the type that if it were to come to that, they understand the importance of building that foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is the people that like, I don't want to be like, they're like, just come mm-hmm. and just do this. And it's like, <laughs> I can't, you don't understand. Like I, and it's not even, you know, me and my husband always talk about this where it's like, it's not that I don't want to go. It's that even if I go, I'm going to be so riddled with anxiety because mm-hmm. I just know that this isn't a money. smart financial decision, yeah. right. you know? But again, it's like that battle of like, are we living for today or are we blah, 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 blah? Because there's this like existential, like live for the moment. But when it comes to money, it's like, no, you know, live for the future kind of, or yeah. at least set up a foundation for the future. Right. I was, I was just watching something about that. And then they were saying that like wealthy people, they plan for generations mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. Yeah. broke people, they plan for now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I feel like that, that really yeah. translates to anything, you know, not just money, because, you know, when I think about, you know, what I, what I'd like to see in the world in terms of like women's rights, for example, yeah. it's like, I can't just think about what I want in my lifetime because that's ridiculous. That's like crazy short. You know, mm-hmm. I have to think about future and whatever. And, you know, a lot of people who just like give up on those things are like, oh, that'll never happen. It's like, mm-hmm. do you mean that that'll never happen while you're alive? Because that's a really short time frame to try to, you know, yeah. smash in everything that right. you want in the world to change. And if you really think that like, you know, all of the great leaders and the great thinkers of our world, their influence is for generations. And some Absolutely. of them died poor and they died unrecognized yeah. and whatever, but it Absolutely. doesn't negate you know, the Their importance. Work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely translates. That's really absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, are there specific, t- like, okay, I open an account with Chase. I go to the, you know, I go to like the trademark banks. Are there kind of like, you know, um, like secret menu type stuff that you guys see in the finance industry where it's like, even when you're opening a checkings and a savings and an account, you should look into X, Y, Z before just saying, yeah, cool. Like no ATM fees. Cool. You know, I feel like I always yeah. go with the name brand when it comes to the finance industry when really I just do that because I don't know anything else. Right. That's why I feel like it's important that, um, that you sit with someone mm-hmm. um, because then they can see exactly where you're at and they, they can, so for like a little bit about our process is like, if I sat with you, mm-hmm. I would take down your information, you and your husband's. Um, and then we come back and do a financial analysis for both of you. So 
you know where you are from A to Z. And and as the financial person, we would come in and we would see any identify any gaps. Okay. So then that way we would make recommendations based on products, based on companies, based on whatever okay. that will that will basically suit your needs. Yeah. And get you from you know either enhance your portfolio, make it better, um, and then you know you're, you're kind of set up correctly. Yeah. So and I think that's the that's the problem is I was I was actually doing some um, some reading online mm-hmm. and. Um, one of the financial people was asked that question. He was asked, um, you know, do you recommend doing it yourself or mm-hmm. going to a professional? So it makes sense. If I have a heart problem, I'm going to go to a cardiologist, right. not to right. an orthopedic doctor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so so if you're going to someone um, and you want to really enhance and improve your financial situation, then get coached by somebody. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who kind of has expertise in that area. Yeah, and it's almost like you are already admitting that you don't know what the hell you're doing. Correct. So find somebody who right, does. Yeah, right. absolutely. And I mean, in this lifetime, I mean, there's just so much stuff that we can learn and so much knowledge. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it, just go to someone who, who right. specializes in that. And and we already do that, you know, if we are looking to work out, if we're looking to right. be more in shape, we go to a trainer, you know? Yeah. Right. I feel like we're more willing to spend money, invest time and mm-hmm. money into other areas of our life. Totally. When money is such a big yeah. deal. Yeah. It's like, it's Absolutely. kind of weird how taboo it is to even, like, I know even recently, like, California just passed a thing, uh, a law where employees are allowed to discuss their pay with each other. Like, I feel like the whole idea of money is kind of shrouded in this like weird mystery and there's only a limited amount. So get yours and don't tell anybody else how much it is and stuff like that. Um, I have a couple of questions, but I'll start with this. Um, Is there a lot of crying that happens in your building? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is there a lot of like real like moments of like just reality, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like my husband also works with the firm. Um, and he sat down with a few people who just straight out was crying. Yeah. Because they're just so overwhelmed and so anxiety ridden. Yeah. yeah. Like they don't know any way out. And I imagine they're older because I feel like it's probably more stressful when you feel like there isn't, like time isn't on your side. Right. Yeah. And then on the flip side, it's like when time is on your side, it's the last thing you're thinking about. Absolutely. Yeah. It, absolutely. And it's yeah. it's like time can be either your greatest ally or your mm-hmm. greatest enemy, depending on where you are. Yeah. And that's the that's the one thing I think young people don't understand is if I want to make more money, I can stay in my field force and work 10, 15 more years. Yeah. However, I want to make more time, I can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I tell a lot of young people, I'm like, you don't you you you're in a good position because you have so much time and you can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, versus I've sat also with clients who are 50, 60 years yeah. old and we're trying to squeeze out like $100 and it's like they know that they can't. It's going to be very difficult right, for right. them to retire how they want. Are you guys seeing a new trend with the older generation as far as retirement and stuff like that? Do you feel like things are shifting in that people are required to work longer than they expected yeah. and Definitely. stuff like that? And it's it's funny because if we look at the baby boomers, right, people born between 46 and 64, um, that's like the biggest, they sit on like the biggest uh, amounts of wealth, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and it's, it's, no, it's, it's weird because, you know, when I first got started with the company, they're like, this wave is coming, this wave is coming. And now we're starting to, now I'm starting to see it. Hmm. That a lot of these people are now are retiring yeah. and we're helping them protect their money nice. and yeah. all of that. But then there's also, you also have the ones that um, 
didn't plan. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they didn't know how taxes work. They didn't know, you know, they didn't know how much it was going to cost really yeah. to, to live retired yeah. because the mindset is that when you're retirement, your expenses are lower, mm-hmm. but some people are retiring with still a mortgage yeah. and lots of debt. Right. Right. And so now if you're going to go on a fixed income, it may yeah. not be enough. So, you know, some of those people may have to go back into the yeah. workforce. It's like nobody yeah. expects the time to pass as fast as it does. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. and then you're yeah. just there and you're like, I mean, even now, like, it's just like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm I'm not, I don't, you know, like I once we started getting more regimented with, you know, my husband and I were just talking about this, how we've been on this budgeting app, right? Mm-hmm. And because of this budgeting app, you obviously have to log your purchases. It's really, um, it's less like mint in that you have to really be a part of it. It's Mm -hmm. not automated, which I really love because it's like, it's not going to do it for you. You have to do it. So um, I have this alert now on all my accounts and I just get a text whenever I spend. So even if I don't get a receipt, I at least have a digital receipt. And we were talking about how, you know, it would be so easy for somebody to slowly siphon off money from us before because who is looking at every single line in their credit card receipt? Yeah. But now I'm like, I am, you know, I look at everything. You're not going to get anything past me. I see every single line. So it was just so much more like I'm in control. I know what's coming in and what's going out. And that was never even close to a reality before. It was just like, and now it's like, oh my God, of course, what are you talking about? You know how hard I work for this money? I'm going to know where it's going and and all of that stuff. So I definitely agree as far as like first steps, like budgeting has changed our lives. Um, My good friend, Stacy, who actually lives down the street, we both got on YNAB at about the same time. And now it's like, if we're not synced on YNAB, it's just like, it's like uncomfortable spending money because it's right. like, wait, I don't know where this is coming out from and everything's kind yeah. of in disarray. Yeah. And I'm like really loving this place of feeling more discomfort out of sync than mm-hmm. in, you know what I mean? Than mm-hmm. getting my head out of the ground and really facing like what was happening financially, you know? So it's yeah. like, I think it comes down to like taking the first step. Because once you figure out what's possible, it's like, oh my God, like I'm, I never want to, I don't want, the, the system to play me. Yeah. And you were talking about taxes. Taxes has been another thing where like, I just like sit down with my CPA and I'm like, explain it to me. Yeah. Explain to me how this works and how I can make it that it makes sense for me and that we're doing everything right. And it's not like we're just, you know, paying whatever bill comes in the mail, you know? And that's mm-hmm. important. That's important. Uh, you know, even going back to your question about which bank account yeah. should I get? You know, it's, it's about asking questions right. about going over things. Don't be afraid to ask. I think maybe as women, we're more afraid to ask questions. We're more afraid to look foolish. We're more afraid, you know? So just ask questions, read the fine print, spend time on this because it's important. Yeah. And you know, it, it is like a, you know, outside of that, it's like you still on top of that have to navigate like what are you going to spend money on? You know, is this worth it? Is this marked up because it's marked, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like branded for women or whatever, right. things like that. Like we already have to deal with so much in the consumer culture that yeah. it's like you have to set yourself up so that you're not be- being swindled, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then when you think about like, for me, it all ties in. Like when you think about, you know, leadership roles and the impact mm-hmm. that women have, it's like, I think that it would be greater if if so much advertising weren't geared towards spending all your money on clothes, yeah. you know, or spending it all on makeup. Like it's not to say don't do it. It's like, 
you know, and I wanted to do this before we recorded the podcast, but I was like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to know, but I wanted to go through just like the stuff that I use in the bathroom. Like how much is that costing me over the, you know, how many products? Cause like, obviously, you know, my husband has his side of the sink and I have my side of the sink and he has like his toothbrush and I have like 40 (laughs) bottles of things. And it's like, you know, and I'm, you know, whatever, like we all kind of, whatever that stems from or whatever you use your stuff for, it's like, that was the biggest hurdle for me. It was like, I was getting my nails done every two weeks. I was getting my eyebrows done every two weeks. It was like laser, waxing, this, that. And it's like, and the real like striking moment was realizing that I didn't have to do that. Right. You know, because when you're you're doing it, yeah. You're still, you know, your relationship with your husband has changed. Things didn't really change. Your relationship with yourself has changed. It's like the things you think you have to do, if you stop and you're like, do I have to spend money on this? Mm -hmm. Like, no, I don't. Or just like pushing things a little bit, maybe not every two weeks, maybe every four weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, little things like that. But again, I think so much pressure comes from the idea that you have to be a certain way. You have to look a certain way. And that if you don't, then, you know, this and that. And that's not even discussing the fact that like, you know, the taxes on, you know, um, sanitary products for women and stuff like that. Stuff that you're like, I have to buy this stuff, you know? (laughs) So I'm going to buy it. But when I think about it, it's like, man, that's an additional expense that I have to pay that men don't have to pay. And so- you know, obviously we want to change things and we want to make things accessible. But for now, it's like, okay, now I know that my money has to go even further, yeah. you know, than than I thought or that then men's money has to go yeah. or whatever. But that's why we make you guys buy us drinks <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> Sorry, I spent all my money on tampons. Um, they look good for you. I love it. <laughs> um, what are some other like apps or some kind of like tidbits that you guys use? Are there some research? I use Reddit a lot. There's like mm. a subreddit called um, Personal Finance and mm. R Frugal. You guys, if you're listening, check those out. That really helped a lot. And what really helped me was reading and like listening to your story and stuff, like reading about people, where they were and where they got to. Right. And that it was possible in a very yeah. comprehensive comprehensible amount of time. It wasn't like 10 years. It was like, hey, I paid off my student loans in five years or whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, like people are actually doing this. That means it's possible. Um, I used to tell myself that it was because I wasn't making enough money. Do you guys hear that a lot from people? Oh, yeah. They say, if I make more money, I'm like, no, it's not. Because if you're going to make more money, that means you're going to spend more money. Because you never (laughs) develop the habit of saving or budgeting or or doing any of that stuff. Yeah, that was Um, my go-to excuse. I was like, well, if I just made more, I could. And it's like, uh, if you're going to be bad with money, it doesn't. First of all, even if you get to making the six-figure salary, it's going to be down the drain. You're going to spend it. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to spend it because that's a habit. Good habits. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you? Do you guys see more parents and do you guys think about when, I don't know, Jen, are you a parent? I'm not yet. Okay. So we're, none of us are parents. No. I know it's, it's only <laughs> been a couple of years, but okay. So none of us are parents. Do you guys think about how you're going to address dealing with money with your kids? Absolutely. And how do you feel like that's changed from how you were taught to deal with money? Um, I would teach them at a younger age to save. Yeah. Because then when they get into adulthood and they get into, instead of getting money and spending it yeah. because I want a toy. Um, there's an incentive. So for me, like some of the things that I want to do with my kids is, you know, I'm going to give you this. And if I see that you saved, I'm going to go ahead and match that during Christmas or during their birthdays or something like that. But developing those, those habits early and Mm -hmm. talking about it. 
Yeah. Um, and definitely having the conversations because, I mean, I was fortunate enough that my aunt was a big saver. Nice. So when I started working, she's like, you know what? Even if you just do $50 a paycheck, yeah. you know, save, start saving money. Mm-hmm. Like and, something. Yeah. And that ended up being, um, being some of the great advice when I look back in nice. retrospect. Yeah. Um, and, and I tell you why is, um, I, I was coming home from work one day and, um, I got into a huge car accident. So wow. somebody basically hit me and I drove me right onto the sidewalk and into a, um, a fence. Wow. So I had just paid off my car. Oh my God. <laughs> Right? Oh my God. But here's a good story that came out of that. That's when I completely understood what we did. Mm -hmm. Because usually what tends to happen is is shit hits the fan and they're not prepared. Right. And now their their backs are against the wall. But the the nice thing was, is that I had saved enough money that I I was able to purchase a car in full. Wow. And so I even got into an argument with one of the car sales, cars people, (laughs) car salesmen, because they're sleazy anyways, right? They're very sleazy. Um, Especially if you went alone as a woman. Right. Especially. So annoying. Especially. But I went, I went anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're like, I got a suitcase full of cash. (laughs) Try to fucking mess with me. (laughs) Better amazing. That's awesome. But I had my dad with me, but I was like, dad, I got this. (laughs) And so, um. He is, he was forcing me basically to finance. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at him and I said, okay. I was like, how much sense does that make that I have cash and you're asking me to finance? Yeah. Okay. And he's like, well, you're not going to find a deal here and here. And, and so I got back on the phone and I was like, thank you for your time. I'm going to a different dealership. That's yeah. going to give me some, what I want. And that's exactly what I did. Who turns down cash? I mean, that's right? when you know the system is like broken. Yes. Yeah. And then he had the audacity to call me at home and wow. was like, did, did you get the car you want? Absolutely, I did. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Money talks. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's where I feel like the, that, that power comes from mm-hmm. because like, you know, the credit score, yes, is important and, and all of that. But one of the, the things that one of my mentors told me, he was like, he's like, Jen, does it really matter what your credit score is if you have freaking millions in the bank? Very true. I mean, you can just pay for it in cash. Very true. Right? And so, and I think that that a lot of, I, I just think that a lot, I remember talking to an associate and I was training him and he, we were, we were kind of going over some educational stuff and I was going over some concepts. He was like, wow. He's like, the system kind of keeps you dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and that's where it goes back to. Yeah. And then when you think about women, everybody thinks you're dumb anyway. So right. it's like, with. yeah, right. it's And crazy. then if you look younger than what you really are, it's like yeah. they think that you, they can take advantage of totally. you. Totally. Mm-hmm. That must've been so like, Amazing. You know, that's definitely like another thing is like yeah. no understanding your money is such a source of empowerment yeah. for men and women. But when it comes to women and the fact that we are really like seeking these changes in, in the way society functions, it's like we're at a point where like if you understand money, you can like really run the world, girl. Run shit. <laughs> totally. Exactly. And yeah. I just I think for me the tipping point, which I'm still obviously working on it and stuff like that, but I think we're getting better. It was just like, I don't want to be on the wrong side of the game. I know there's a game and I want to know how it's played and I want to understand it and I want to be ahead of it. I don't want, again, like I I want to be able to walk into a dealership and say, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you even saying? You know? And 
I figured it out later. I was like, oh, that's how you guys make the most money. Yeah, off of yeah, it. yeah. I mean, I obviously, like, okay. they want to throw that interest charge on whatever you're doing, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense otherwise. Right. It's yeah. crazy. And then if you think about it, right when you drive that car off of the the lot, it depreciates in value. Yeah, a car is not an asset. It's not an all. asset not at all. Exactly, it's not an asset. I, I went to, I mean, I just turned in my car and we actually downsized to just having one car because we work at the same place. So we're like, right. hey, this is an easy way to just not have another lease, you right. know? Yeah. So my lease ended, turned it in. And for me, it was like, that was the reason I didn't buy a car off the lot because I was like, A, I hate maintenance. Like there were certain things where I knew that I could weigh those things out based on my own situation. And it wasn't just like, I really want this nice car. Right. It was just like, what can I afford? How much is insurance going to be? Is leasing better than owning? Like just knowing how the game is played and no one's going to sit down and teach you unless you go out and you seek that information. Right. Do you guys watch Susie Orman videos? Uh, what do you guys think of Susie Orman? Be honest. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of respect for Susie Orman. She's yeah. been in the game for a lot of things, and as a woman, she's—I I feel like she's she's accomplished a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I, I was looking at some of her stuff. Her some of her stuff is is pretty sound. Nice. That's um, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of some of her stuff is is in alignment to what yeah. you know, we teach others. Um, some of it, not so much, but um, yeah, I, I, I just feel like you know. A lot of these financial people, I mean, she's been in the game for such a long time. Yeah. She's seen a lot of the, you know, the the fluctuations in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been through it herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like all of them, if you're looking to to get started, I, I don't, you know. Yeah. I, I think it's it's pretty, pretty decent. Like, she's she's good. Yeah, and I, I respect her for activating women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and encouraging us to be more in control, more yeah, aware, more totally. informed. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's like we forget that we're really in this fresh new, you know, fairly new generation of mm-hmm. women who are not relying on a husband to take care of right. what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And, or at least even, you know, like in generations before us, even if the woman was handling the finances, it was very much like the man was the breadwinner and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like, I was literally just reading that, you know, Saudi Arabia is still trying to like overturn a lot of things where like women can't get their own loan and and things are still very much new for women as money makers. Right. And, and I feel like once that, you know, the, for every action, there's a, a an equal and opposite reaction, you know? And mm-hmm. I think when it comes to women you know, making more money, there's more media to tell you to spend it in the wrong way so you don't make an impact, you know? And I feel like that's really what I want to promote is that it's not just about you want to be girly or you want to buy this or you want to buy that. It's like you are being distracted from Mm. what could potentially change the course of life for women generations to come. If you're just like, I don't need all of that, you know? And like, what does it mean? And, and tying into like, maybe if we didn't spend all this money on beauty, then the expectation of how women look would at least adjust a little bit. And it's like, well, I can't do my eyebrows every two weeks, bitch. This is what they look like, all right? I'm still going to come to work. This is me. Yeah, like me and my girlfriend talk about this all the time where it's like, you know, no, like there's always a comment about appearance no matter what. You look this today. You look nice today. You change this today. And, And it's like, it makes you think that, oh my God, this does make an impact and people are paying attention. And I still feel like that sometimes where I'm like, you know, people are paying attention. And if I dress down this day, it's going to be like, oh, 
are you going to the gym? Or it's like, no, I just yeah. really needed to get to work and I don't want to think about this right now, so you what know? If it's yoga pants. Yeah, it's like yoga pants <laughs> are, are comfortable. Yes. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Like if you can wear sweats and cargo shorts, then I could wear yoga pants. Am I but doing my job any different? Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it turns into this like monster in your head yeah. where it's like not even what people are saying, but it's like what you say to yourself. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you know, so for me, I like, you know, cutting it cut down in all the ways. So I was spending less time getting ready just because I was like, no, I'm not spending this much. It's too much time. And I'm not spending just to like force myself, not in spite of anybody or anything else or what everyone else was doing. It was just like, A, I want to be financially secure more than anything. That is Mm -hmm. the most important thing to me because Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't want that stress of debt. Like you were talking about, like, it's just endless, you know? And it's like the the longer you go without facing it, the more it's just going to pile on. It's not going anywhere. So, And that's um, an important point in your financial life, well-being, I think, is when you make that decision to say, fuck it, I'm going to save, I'm going to do what's right for me. What I look like to other people is not a priority as much as my future is, Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a, you know, once you like step back, you're just like, oh my God, it's so clear. It's Mm -hmm. so clear. Like, you know, that's, you know, for whether, you know, right or wrong or whatever, but, you know, you think about like how much conversation there is about the different things that women wear, whatever, like pick it, burkini, bikini, this, that, (laughs) short skirts, long skirts. It's like then guys just got away with pants and a shirt and can just deal with other things. And here we are stuck like arguing about what women should wear Mm -hmm. anywhere. It's like, it's just a way to distract from the idea that you're actually at work to do a job and to like enhance your education and do all of this stuff. So- Absolutely. You know, for me, it's all been intertwined. It's all been a part of the same thing where it's like, I'm really trying to figure out where my role is in this whole, you know, complex web and, you know, what I'm going to buy into and what I'm absolutely like, no, that's not for me, you know? And I think that's just, um, you know, that's just part of the growth process. Yeah. Is getting to a certain point where you just stop caring what people think. Yeah. And then you do. God bless. Yeah. You just do what's (laughs) best for you. Yeah. Totally. Because at the end of the day, they're not paying your bills. Exactly. They're not, I mean, they're not in your bank accounts putting money in. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, it's hard living in Southern California or in California in general. You know, we have some really high, like, you know, rent prices, you know, all of that stuff. So I think like if I were to do some things over, I definitely made a lot of decisions that I just, I did for my own like vain comfort or just temporary comfort, vanity or whatever. And it was like, you know, sometimes I think, I'm like, oh my God, if we stayed in that first apartment that we were in, like how much more money would we have just like in the yeah. bank? But again, it's yeah. like, there are certain moves. I think that life just encouraged, you know, the, it yeah. was the time was right to like make certain moves. But yeah. again, like just being more knowledgeable, like you guys said, is just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like, you can't play a game if you don't understand the rules. You're gonna lose. You're, right. you know, people yeah. are gonna cheat you. You know, if you go, like imagine if, you went into the dealership and you had no idea. It was like, you would have mm-hmm. signed a paper that would have gotten you the worst deal and like horrible, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I really do get bothered about the girl thing, by the way, at yeah. dealerships and yeah. mechanics and you name it, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But my dad was always so, I mean, bless him. My parents were, my parents are excellent with money. 
But their way of translating that to us was like, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And it was less of like, learn this, learn this, learn this. I mean, although my dad would try to do like the match thing, he, he found it funny like we would joke about like when I was little, he would give, he's like, I, it doesn't matter how much money I give you. You're just going to spend it. Yeah. And it was like a joke, you know, yeah. it was like, I know, right. I'm such a spender. <laughs> and like, you know, when you think about like, even like the shirts that like they make for little girls that say like shopaholic and I love shoes and we'll do things. You know? Yeah. It's really telling you like, this is yeah. okay. You should be doing this. This is the stuff you should like when really it's like, you know, that's just leading you into seeking somebody else to take care of you financially oh because you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. So, right, right. you know, I'm glad that like, I feel like I'm glad that I married somebody who is the opposite of me and it made me shift my understanding of like, this is the real world. And, and, you know, we came to a point, I remember where I had to pay this big amount of money and I could have easily asked my parents to just bail me out of this because it was so stressful. But I was like, no. I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm going to pretend that that resource doesn't exist, mm-hmm. which for a lot of people, you know, it doesn't. And what would I do then? You know, yeah. you can't put thousands of dollars on a credit card. Like, what are you going to do if shit hits the fan? If like your parents for some reason can't help you when, yeah. you know, and I think that's a shift in culture too, where generations before it was like you grew up and like took care of your parents. And like, I feel like we're in a generation where we're like, okay, please continue to help me if I need it. Please continue to be my safety net. And it just showed, like, I feel like we're, like we got worse with money, you know? We have to take care of ourselves. Like it's unfathomable to think, oh, one day I have to take care of my parents. Yeah. No, I have to take care of me first. I can't even do that. Exactly. It's it's so scary. Yeah. It's It's like, oh my God. And I'm sure like, imagine how scary it is for them. It's like, oh shit, we thought you would uh, help us out here a little bit. You know, (laughs) you were my retirement plan. (laughs) But again, it's like, you know, you know, college tuition prices have gone up and student loan and interest. And the fact that it's such a scary, like you better not default, you know, which I'm, I'm so glad that we haven't. Every time I listen to Susie Orman, I'm like, don't worry, Susie, we're making our payments. All right, we're good. Um, And I even, like once I found out about YNAB and I was telling my husband, I was like, we should get on this thing. So I started taking over uh, for a period of time, um, paying the bills and doing all of that stuff because I stressed out way less about it because money was this just like existential thing. It was this like makeup thing. And it didn't really it didn't really hit me how serious it was. So even just taking over, I'm like, okay, don't worry. I'll stress out less about paying the bills or whatever. Um, When I went to go pay his student loan bill, it was like small print, like, hey, if you sign up for auto pay, we will lower your interest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, how come there isn't this like huge banner that says that? So it was like just... I feel like lifting my head up and saying, okay, I'm going to take some responsibility. It was like the world was like, okay, here's a little bit of a tidbit here. Here's a little bit of Mm -hmm. information, a little bit of assistance, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Um, So if, does your company, you can just kind of like walk in and make an appointment. Are there sessions that you guys hold that are kind of catered to like a group setting? Do you guys go into independent companies and present? So, Yeah. Um, oh, we, nice. do, we do everything. Nice. So we've done, um, you know, like for, for instance, I just got, you know, um, approvals. <laughs> Woo, approvals to be on the podcast. Yes. This is the first uh, company approved <laughs> sanctioned podcast. Yes. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it. But we're going into like schools now and talking to teachers. Yeah, that is awesome. A lot of them don't know, understand. Um, we, I mean, 
we take it to people's homes. That's yeah. so we go great. And see them. Um, I definitely know. want to get like a group of girls together. Maybe we could set something up or yeah, something. That would be, be awesome. so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I definitely. You we know, do can, women's events. We do nice. like um, women wine and wealth and women. We do stuff. That like is that. so cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So and it's just a good forum for people to come and network, yeah. see what we do. And then, um, you know, and then if they know anyone, they can, you know, they can pass on the referrals. Yeah. Yeah. And at least just get the information. Totally. Yeah. It's and, it's kind of crazy how how much it impacts everything else. Absolutely. You know, so Definitely. it's like you yeah. just got to face it. I mean, I have a friend who like has a kid and just like, I get the pill- bills, I pay them and I don't know anything else. I don't right. know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, seeing the the bigger picture, at least for us, like it was just life-changing. It's yeah. like, I can't imagine just, just swiping my card and not knowing. And just like, even just having just one pool of money and just pulling from that. It's like yeah. I, just not having it in budgeted categories and knowing what's coming in, what's going out. Like, yeah. I just don't know. I don't know how I was about that life before, honestly. So, and I'm still, it's still like a challenge, you know? Yeah. We're definitely not out of the woodwork yet, but it's like, we had to start somewhere and I'm so glad we started, you know? Mm-hmm. Once you see it, I think you can't unsee it. You can't yeah. pretend it's not yeah, happening. Yeah, that's so true. You can't pretend mm-hmm. you don't have debt or you're not, you know, right. you, you see all these details, all, everything, how your money is working yeah. or not working. Yeah. Right? And then I think you eventually become fanatical about saving. You're like, well, yeah. I saved 50 bucks this month. I can <laughs> do 55 next month, you know? It, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a, a game. Totally, yeah, you know, totally. you gamify saving. So it's exciting. It's exciting to yeah. kind of shift your mindset. For me, it was interesting to see that like, even the money we did have, we didn't have, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, if you have debt, you don't like, that's what I love about. There's one talk that Susie Orman does where she says, you know, how many stand up if you have student loan debt, um, car debt, credit card debt, mortgage debt. And like, of course, everybody stood up. She's like, well, I'm here to talk to you guys about money and none of you guys have any. And it's Mm -hmm. true because it's like, you don't have that money. You owe money to yeah. a bunch of different people. And I I just like when I th- would think about it that way, that's what made me really uncomfortable. It's like, yeah. I don't want to owe anybody money. I want the money that comes in to be mine and I get to dictate where it goes. And just the fact that it's like, oh, I have to pay this whatever. So now yeah. it's like, hey, look at how much money we'll have once we don't have to pay this crap anymore. You know, it's like all of that money is just money after that. It's no longer a debt to be repaid. Right, absolutely. So that's really exciting. I would love for you guys to tell me about the next women's event because that would be really exciting. And to promote in the network, that would be really great. Yeah. Uh, But thank you guys so much for coming. This was awesome. Thank you for having me.